Jason, welcome to the Crate Tech Podcast. As I was saying, I feel like I'm uh, hanging out with uh, my best friend, and this is the first time we're meeting. So, thanks for being here today. <laughs> it's good to have, uh, or good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where are you actually located right now? Uh, I'm outside Los Angeles okay. these days. Yeah, okay. but I, I grew up in Chicago. We just came out here a few years ago and have just stayed basically. That seems like an odd transition. Usually, people are leaving California, but you're going. <laughs> not if they're there. from Chicago, they're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's probably the one place people are leaving Chicago to come here. Otherwise, yeah, I, I've been hearing about the exodus, but yeah, we're happy I, to be here. I was there a month ago and uh, was able to tour the Chicago Tribune building. They've remodeled it and redesigned it to these like beautiful condos. Yeah. But it was like this sad tour where they're like, but no one's moving here anymore right now. So yeah. it's kind of dangerous. And Chicago's was, having a hard moment for sure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of big cities are, but Chicago especially. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, look, today is, you know, we can go a lot of different directions. You've been in technology. Uh, you started your career in the creative agency space doing all of that. Um, but I think today, you know, because you, you, you know, you're kind of like an OG in, in thought leadership and technology, I'd love to just jump right into, you know, the, the state of the creative, because it is something that, um, you probably have colleagues and friends in spaces that are, 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 are looking at everything that's happening with the advancement of technology, AI, um, the human impact. Is this something that's going to be, uh, ripped away. And I don't know if this is fear mongering that happens every time there's technological advances, but, um, a, is this even on your mind? Because if it's not, then we can move on to the next topic. But I'd love to just start there to be like, you know, what are, what are you seeing and feeling in the creative space right now with all of the news and innovations that are happening? Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I'm both optimistic and, and scared <laughs> about some of it, but I, I mean, I'm optimistic on the creative side, frankly, because, um, it's pretty interesting to be able to basically paint with words. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never, like, I've always designed things, but I, I could never really draw. Mm -hmm. uh, I could never really create some of the things that I've had in my mind. And it's pretty interesting to be able to do sort of do that now. Uh, so I, I think as a, as a, as a, as a way to generate ideas and to play with stuff uh, in a pretty quick and interesting way and, and see things that you didn't expect. I think it's, it's pretty promising. Mm -hmm. I, I can see why people are nervous about their jobs and nervous about this and nervous about that. Um, I do think that probably happens with all new technologies, but this one does feel especially different in that respect. That said, um, I don't know. Um, I, I'd be more, frankly, I'd be a little bit more nervous if I was in, in, um, in sales. Uh, right. I think customer service is also going to, going to get hit pretty hard. Uh, I think AI is going to do a pretty good job in those areas more so than I'd be afraid if I was a let's say a graphic designer uh, right. at the moment. But um, I, I think it's coming for all whole host of jobs <laughs> <Humanity>. and roles. <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, it's going to take a while. Right. I, I think like just being able to make something is interesting. I, th that's what I like about it. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of curious and it's spontaneous and you don't really know what you're going to get. And there's a lot of really curious feelings that come with that. Mm -hmm. But um I mean, if you're, if you're really good at what you do, I think you're probably going to be all right and you'll learn to work with it. 
Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's the it, we're in the novelty phase right now, right. and the novelty phase is fun, really great for your memes with your friends and whatever else you're wanting to create. But you know, the business application and the consistency is like kind of that's I think the next holy grail for, for all of this is can I produce in a way that's accurate for what I need in my use case, and also do it in a way that isn't requiring me. I don't know about you, but like. I will spend way too much time trying to figure out what it is. And then it's like an hour and a half goes by and I own a graphic design company. I was like, I could have just sent this to somebody and it would right. have been done by now. Right. So, you know, what's after the novelty phase is I think is, you know, and is that a year from now? Is it two years from now? Like, where does that go? Is I think where, you know, the really, really interesting, you know, ideas will start to emerge. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's clearly, um, there, there's all the hype and stuff, but there's also like, there's, there's, there's something real here too, which is very interesting. And we'll see how it all plays out over the next few years, but I don't think you can get in the way of this and try to stop it. Like it, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think learning to live with it, learning how to use it, learning to, to not be afraid of it is probably a good thing. I think there's probably potentially some existential risks broadly, but, uh, that's maybe a little bit further down the road. <laughs> right. And as, as I've always like thought, it's like, in that case, you just make some prepper friends that you're really good with. And at that point, if that's happening, like whether or not you're getting paid hourly to design logos is probably the least of your worries. <laughs> it's, it's, that, that, yeah, that's like, you know, 190,000th on the list at that point. So yeah, exactly, anyway, exactly. It's, it's, it's a fascinating, let's just say it's a fascinating time. And, uh, I, I'm curious, I'm curious. I think that's how you have to meet this with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and, you know, some skepticism is always healthy, but curiosity I think is the healthiest thing to meet things like this with. Right. Yeah. So I've always been fascinated by your career because it seems like you've solved really big problems, but you've done it with just a relentless attention to simplicity. And we can go back to, you know, Basecamp and the design of it. And you guys communicate in a way that's natural. You use graphics and copy and things that just feels normal. And um, not so much more recently, but I guess still more recently, you know, you guys launched like an email platform and you're just like, we're going to solve this problem. So I don't, I don't, I haven't, I haven't gotten fully up to speed what you're working on, but like, what is your fascination with this type of problem solving where it's, it's about the experience, it's about the design. And then, you know, at some point being crazy enough to take on email and saying like, (laughs) let's, let's, let's do this better. Yeah. We tend to build the things that we need mm-hmm. or the things that we feel are frustratingly bad mm-hmm. uh, or overlooked. Mm-hmm. And this is this all started back when I was in um, in, in like high school. I, I made my first piece of software, which was to organize my music collection because I was making tapes and 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 and, and basically mixtapes and stuff and some CDs and, and loaning them out to friends and never got them back. And I forgot who I gave them to. And I'm like, I need to keep track of this. And so I sort of started playing around with this idea of building this tool that would keep track of what I had and what I owned and who had what and when I gave it to them and reminders so I would get it back and the whole thing. And that's when I just learned that, like, you know, I could scratch my own itch for something I needed. And 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 I recognize that other people probably need this, too. So I actually put this up on on uh, this is uh, pre-internet. I put it up on AOL uh, in the mid. That was my first email address. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like early nineties kind of thing. Yeah. And I said, if you like this, send me 20 bucks and people start sending me 20 bucks and I go, okay, I can make something for myself that solves a problem that I have. And there's enough people out there probably who have a similar problem. And, and that continued on from there. And I made one for books. I made one for video. And then eventually I made one for, you know, we eventually built Basecamp, which yeah. is a problem we had. We were 
creative services industry or a company design firm delivering work to clients. We had too many clients, too many projects simultaneously. Didn't know who was doing what. Things were kind of dropping. And we need a better way to manage all that. And the stuff that I saw out there was not solving the problems that we had. We mm-hmm. didn't have a problem with charts and graphs. Mm-hmm. We had a problem with communicating, uh, delivering, getting feedback on the record, making decisions, that kind of stuff, tracking work. And so we built Basecamp. And that scratched our itch and realized other people probably had this itch too. And we sold many, many you know, subscriptions to that and still are doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's our top product still today. And everything we built from that point on has always been something that we've needed for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So we don't set out to go, what problems need to be solved that other people need? It's what problems do we have? And then how do we find other people who also have similar problems? That's the, that's the turn for us. And so for email, e- email is a wonderful thing. I mean, it just, it really is. It's a universal thing. I hear it's, it's, it's wonderful. I hear it's going to be big. Like I, <laughs> I hear it's going to be pretty popular. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty big thing, this email yeah. thing. But the thing is, is that prior to Hey, which is our product, um, Gmail was the last interesting thing that happened to, to email. And that was 16 years ago Yeah, since, well, now it's been almost 19 years. Yeah. And we're like, this is unfortunate. Email is a wonderful thing. There's got to be a better way to do this. And so we kind of looked at our patterns and figured out what we were doing and what we were hacking to make things work. And we built a tool around those workflows that's much, much better than anything else that's out there. And we released that. So we're always going to be working on the things that we need and currently working on a calendar for Hey, which is something else we need. And then we're working on another product, which is something else we want, um, which I can't talk about yet, but we're working on that. So it's always about us first. It's it's a very selfish approach, right? But it's it's you know knowing that other people need it too. So you're an author. You've you know written prolifically a lot of things. But every time I'm reading your content, I feel like I'm just like hanging out with you, and you're just kind of like sharing some. Hey, this is what I think. This is what I like. This is what I believe. And as a creative entrepreneur, I feel like you've had a lot of these principles first, and you've kind of operated, and then you synthesize it and you share it. Um, is this been a natural process for you? And like at one point where you like a maniac OCD control freak and then you're like, Hey, this isn't working. I need to go to a meditation retreat. And then all of a sudden you found a way to run operational and operationalize this philosophy. Cause I think, I feel like there's similarities, right? As you build and you create and you, and you work. And for sometimes for creative entrepreneurs, we've had like zero business training. We're just trying to solve something and build something. So I'm curious is like, was this, was this always the case or was this like a maturity thing or did you just do a lot of DMT in the jungle one day and you're just like, this is how it should be. <laughs> that sounds more fun than everything and anything I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> um, uh, no, you know, um, my background actually is, is in finance. I went to school for that. So like I've, mm. I've always had a business thing, but I never wanted to work like in a bank or in, I didn't want to work in the money world, but mm-hmm. I, I like business. I like business because it lets you keep doing something that you actually enjoy. I like design. I like making things. So mm-hmm. knowing the business side of it allows me to do that stuff for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all been a slow evolution, frankly. I, 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 I think my career started when I was in high school and it's the same job I've ever had, which is just to make stuff mm-hmm. that, that I need and then find other people who need it too. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing when I was making music stuff or base camp or email thing or whatever it is. And the sharing part came from the writing came from, um, you know, we didn't have a marketing budget. We didn't really have any money to spend on marketing. Um, we were having all these internal conversations that I thought were interesting. I'm like, why not just share this stuff? Like, right. Why not talk about this out loud? This was back in 99 when we started mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. that we're in today. 
and there weren't really any blogs back then. It was kind of early. Uh, there was, you know, no Twitter, no Facebook, none of that stuff. So we, we wrote, we made a blog. I mean, there, blogs were kind of the, the only thing. And we just started writing and sharing that way. And uh, we picked up an audience over time. You know, it just was a slow roll. But what was nice about that time, and I don't like what things are today in this way, it was not intimidating to start back then because there's no numbers on anything. Right. It wasn't like you have zero followers. It's like there was no way to track anything. So you yeah. just wrote. <laughs> and, and then you just wrote things and people found it or they didn't. You don't know how many people found it or didn't. You don't know anything. You just eventually start to hear from people so you know people are engaged. And that was enough. But if I started today and I'm writing for three months and I've like, I picked up 19 followers and, you know, every time someone reads my thing, there's like three thumbs up. I'd be so intimidating to to run run up against that. So I'm glad that we started in a time when we didn't have to do these things, but we wanted to do these things. And there was nothing measuring any of it. It was just let's share for sharing's sake. Um, So that's, that's kind of how it all, how it all came together. And today I still, I write, I try to write like I speak. So I don't, I don't, I try to write, let's just say I try to write conversationally and casually. I think a lot of people struggle with writing because they feel like while they can say something out loud, Mm -hmm. they can't write it down because they have to formalize things. I I don't really think you need to formalize much. I think you just need to write down what you're saying out loud. Right. And that, that's a good way to get going if people are stuck. I mean, your chat GPT models that you'll create for your own voice are going to be amazing. So you have so much fodder for it. (laughs) Chat GPT. Yeah. You know, back to the, back to the, um, the current environment of communicating, especially creating and influencing. I mean, I think it's a bit bonkers because like you could spend so much time creating something really meaningful and thoughtful, but then yet your niece posts a dance of doing something (sighs) weird and it's like way more eyeballs, way more engagement. So, you know, do you think that there is like a, um, a creator's dilemma of like, what should I create? And what should I put out there versus what is going to be received in the market? Yes, I do. I think this is a really interesting point because this is just my point of view. I don't think you can make anything for anybody else. Mm. Like you've got to make things for yourself that you're proud of. Uh, and then you've got to find other people who are into that stuff mm-hmm. versus um, writing or sharing to get the likes or the views or the whatever's whatever the next metric number name of the thing is um, because then you're, you're chasing trends and mm-hmm. you're not really being yourself. I mean, some people can be themselves and be very popular and whatever, but I think you've got to be true to yourself. So, so, you know, your, your niece doing the dance video on TikTok is getting whatever a million views. Like if that's not what you do, don't do that. Cause you're going to, it's not going to work. Right. It's like, maybe you'll get one thing somewhere, but it's not sustainable. You've got to find something to do that you think that, that you enjoy. And that other people eventually like you will enjoy that is sustainable. That is not chasing a trend and not aiming for something else. And you see it all over the place. So you see on LinkedIn, people write some style and then someone else is getting a lot of views because they have slideshows. They're like, well, I should do slideshows now. It's like, maybe, maybe, but do you enjoy doing slideshows? Yeah. Is that how you like to communicate? Maybe they're just good at communicating that way. Maybe you're not. Don't try to be them. You've got to be yourself. You've got to find a way to be yourself and not chase what other people want from you. Right. That's just not a good path, I think, to sustainable happiness in doing what you're doing. Now, I, by the way, I 
was on TikTok for one day and I didn't get Russ Perry as the handle and that was it. I was I was the I was usually the earliest adopter of all the Russ Perrys in the world until yeah. TikTok and then I You're just, like Russ Perry 427 or <laughs> I something. Can't. I can't do it. It was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. by the way, shout out to RussPerry.com owner. He's, uh, lives in Florida now. I'm still working on getting that domain from him. You'll get it. Um, get it. <laughs> so let's shift gears to saying no, because I think saying no, especially as a creative, let's just talk about the creative space and the creator space. It could be design. It could be yeah. engineering. It could be code. You're always doing, I mean, generally from even, even if you've gone to school for it, it's about the approval of others. It's about what you need. It's about the, the procurement of, Hey, I want this from you here's money, here's value, let me receive this. And so I feel like saying no can often be hard for creatives. And talk about a creative entrepreneur, it could be even harder. But you have literally given away, shut down businesses, said no so many times. Yeah. I remember when you you told the story about giving away high rise, your CRM, and you just, I believe you you gave it, you gave it to one of the the people that worked on it. You're just like, here you go. This is it. I don't know the exact details of the business, but you're like, that was a dope tool. It worked really well. And you're like, no, this is not our focus. So give me some tips, man. Cause I suck huh. at this. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about the word no that I like is that it's very precise. Um, and what people don't realize is that when you say no to something, you're just saying no to one thing, which is precise. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to like, all sorts of things that you don't know you're saying no to. But when you choose to do something, you can't do a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. So I'm very careful with, with, with it because yes, yes is no to many things. No is no to one thing. And so no is, is good when you're trying to figure out what you really need to do. Um, it's actually it, less disruptive than yes. It is. Yeah. It is. Now you want to say yes to something, you can right. do something. Right. But, but I think what, what I found in my, in my life is that, um, I'll often say yes to something down the road. And, and like, yeah, I'll do that. And yeah, I'll do that. And yeah, I'll do that eventually. And you just line up all these yeses and these obligations that you need to do down the road. And by the time you get down the road, you're like, I don't want to be doing these things. Mm -hmm. And then you realize I can't do all the things I want to do because I said yes to all these things later. Mm -hmm. So I found that like, no, no is a, just a better tool. It lets you do the things you want to do. It's not no to everything, mm -hmm. but it's very, it's very selective. And then, then you can make I think better choices about the things that you actually do want to do. That's mm -hmm. why it's powerful. Um, but it is hard, especially when you're getting started. If you're a creative getting started, like you don't want to say no to every gig. You right. need to do things. You need to make the money. You need to get your name out there. So I think as, as you, as you make some progress, I think that's when you start, should start to fold no into the, into the, um, into your tool, your, your tool chest a bit more because, um, at some point you're, you're going to be overwhelmed if you keep saying yes to everything. And then, and then you're going to feel guilty and you're not going to do a good job. And you're not going to have space to do the things you actually do want to do. So what, what are the top two, three things you will always say yes to? Um, say always say yes to, that's a really, really good question. Um, I would say for me, um, it has to be something I want to do now or within the next few days, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, that, and it has to be something that, that I, I'm not going to regret doing. Mm -hmm. So there's some of that to it. Um, and typically I'll, I'll be more inclined to say yes to shorter term commitments than longer term commitments. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so there's, there's some things there that are important to me. I, I, I think it's, um, and the other thing I would say is the further away something is, the more likely I'll say no to it now. But what I'll say is, it's like, well, for example, someone might want to book me on a podcast like for November. And, you know, we're in July right now. 
I'd say I might be up for the podcast, but I can't book anything that far in advance. Hit me up in early November. Mm-hmm. You know, so just I want to get a little bit closer. We could still say yes, but I can't say it now. Mm-hmm. I want to get closer to the thing. And I know other people have scheduling conflicts and the whole thing, but like I can't put yes on my calendar six months from now. I just can't do that. So that's something I won't do. But if it's in a few days, in fact, um, I, I tweeted this out, I don't know, within the last couple of years, like there's a better chance that I'll come on your podcast if you ask me the day of the podcast. <laughs> Nice. Then if you try to book it out like three months from now, right. like just at, like you got a spot open Today at 2 p.m. and it's 9 like, a.m. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. like, I like spontaneity. So yeah. for me, yes is more tied to spontaneity than, than things I have to do later. What about total, totally hedonistic, like ice cream sandwiches? Like what do you always say yes to <laughs> uh, just from the pleasures of life? Mm, yeah. I mean, ice cream. I've got two kids, so there's a lot of ice cream and ice cream sandwiches. So I, I <laughs> I'd say I'm, I'm a sucker for a good pastry. I'm okay. going to just have what it, I don't care what it is. If it's, if it's like a bear claw, you just smash. Oh, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the whole thing in my mouth, but I would like, you know, like take a, more bites than I should. I, I, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. I also just like anytime I, I can get outside, I'll almost say yes to that, whatever mm-hmm. that is. What's you know? been the, what's been the yes that really should have been a, a no for you? Wow. Really? That's a good, good question. Um, I don't know if I have a specific example to share. That's a really good question. I'd almost like to get back to you on that one. But I, okay. I think that <laughs> what I can tell you is it's almost certainly going to be something I agreed to do far down the road. Right. Um, this is just a pattern that I've found in my life that every time I agree to something down the road, I tend to regret it, unfortunately, because I still might like it. I still might like to do the thing. But the fact that I have to do the thing down the road is hard for me because I tend to think a little bit more short-term. I'm not a big long-term thinker or long-term planner, maybe long-term thinker. I don't know, but I don't like to plan. And so I like open schedules and open time because things come up that you want to do and you want to change your mind and your mind goes in a different direction. And to see something that's in the way later always bugs me. So it's got to be something like that, but I can't think of anything specific right now. It's usually to do with travel too. It's like, yeah, sure. I'll go speak at your thing in, um, in, in, in Miami in, in, in December, that sounds great. And then it's like, you know, I'd rather not go anywhere. It's just, I, I just like to be at home or right. whatever. My kids are doing something and now I got to leave. That's the kind of stuff I don't like to do. How old are your kids? Uh, eight and four. Eight and four. Yeah. Uh, how's that transition been in terms Hard. of running business, <laughs> running family? Yeah. Hard. Um, I mean, when I first started, of course, it was just me, uh, you know, the, I still always worked reasonable hours, but like there was just nothing in my way at all at any time, you know? Uh, and is it, is it fair to say kids get in your way? I don't mean it that way so much, but like I have schedule, three, like, 18, yeah, seven okay. and, and 11. So, <laughs> so you get it. I mean, like this morning I had a camp drop off. I got to pick my kids up at camp. My wife's out of town for a couple of days. So Dude, that's my week this week. I went into my COO's office this morning. I was like, I like my job way more than this job. Like, like so much more. Yeah. I'm so burnt out on driving. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm already looking like, okay, I know at two 30, I had to go pick them up. I got to leave to go to a camp. There are two different camps, like a half hour away. So that's the stuff that just, it, it breaks your day up in a way that's just unavoidable. And I love my kids, but it's hard. It is harder. It yeah. just is harder to, to do both those things. So that's been a big transition for me. But I think also the other thing that really um, hammered home for me and changed, changed my life in a big way is re- recognize the, the deep importance of, of a good night's sleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just can't think clearly. I can't be creative. I can't be at my best if my sleep is wrecked. So 
and my kids, you know, when they're really young, they do wreck your sleep. Obviously, it's like it's very hard. Yes. So you realize that how important it actually is. So that was a big revelation for me. too. Trust me, I have a whole morning routine, like especially I've worked up late. It's like, all right, here's the deal with screen time today. We're going right. to get some waivers like you're yeah, just going yeah, yes. to be OK on that. This is yes. not a lifestyle hacky pod thing, but I do want to recommend. I just got finally got one of those cooling pads for my mattress. I don't know. Oh, me too. Uh, I got the sleep. This eight sleep or eight sleep. Eight sleep. That's what I have too. Dude, it's fantastic. I'm like my five, day five in, and it is blowing my mind. Like it's, it is so amazing. <laughs> it's also a real. I, I had one before, a, a different brand, and it was kind of loud and didn't work very well. This is a incredibly well made product. Right. I'm I'm such a fan of of, of eight sleep. Um, it it really is great, and it does help me because I need to be colder at night. Um, just it's really well done. Just old, and in the morning, old dad's, just like old dad's sharing tips here. So yeah, just warm up in the morning because I've got mine like really hot in the morning. I, uh, the last like hour, a, I, honestly, I'm like afraid. I'm like I haven't I've I haven't gone down that path with the alarm it's, and everything. The alarm I don't do. I don't like I like to wake up to the sun. Yeah, but um, the the last hour, so from like six to I usually wake up around seven. From six to seven, it heats up. And it's just the best way to wake up to like a warm bed, but it's good to go for me to go to sleep. On, on a All right. Bed. I'm so doing, I'm, it's I'm getting product. on my app after this and I'm going to dial it. in my schedule for it. Do it. So, <laughs> All Do right. It. So I know we just got a little bit more time here. Um, yeah. I'd love to just jump into some practical things. What's some, what's some tech or software, anything you've seen recently that's gotten you really excited? Um, I do, I do think, I do think like chat GPT is obviously, I mean, this is kind mm -hmm. of a boring thing to say at this point, but, <laughs> and, and mid journey are, are really just, I just find them interesting and they've stoked my curiosity in a way that tech hasn't in a long time. Uh -huh. I thought tech was actually getting quite boring, frankly. Right. Um, and it's, it's good to see this. So I, I think these things are, are interesting and, and, um, and they make you think differently and they surprise you. And I, I like that out of tech. Mm -hmm. I think things have gotten a bit predictable. So I'm into that. The other thing I'm just into in general is, is a single screen. So I, I, uh, work on a 13 inch MacBook. Um, I don't have an external screen. Um, and it limits some of the things I can do in a sense, but in a good way, yeah. I don't have multiple windows open at once. I try to go full screen on everything. Um, and that has been a real, um, not a breakthrough, but a real benefit for me to just stay as focused as I can. Right. Cause tech is constantly, everything is trying to get your attention, right. everything. So that, that's a big deal for me. Um, the other thing I have is like, this is not a tech thing, but I don't even know what this is called. This is like this really cool foldable standing desk thing. Um, <laughs> and you just put your laptop on, on top of it. And then I turn my desk into a standing desk, which is not a tech thing, but just be able to stand up during the yeah. day is a big deal for me too. Not getting stuck sitting down the whole time. Um, but yeah, that's it. I'm not a big, you know, I, I used to be, I used to try everything that was new. Yeah. And I just kind of got bored with that, frankly. Yeah. Um, cause I, I was, it was more about trying things and not really discovering much about them. Uh, everything kind of felt like a recreation of something else. Mm -hmm. But that, that's why I think that some of this AI stuff is quite fascinating. Well, you mentioned mid-journey. I always tell people too with mid-journey, it's a two for one. You learn mid-journey and you also learn Discord if you if you if you're that's not right. a, if you're not that's a Discord true. user. So you get to you get two learning opportunities there. You do. You do. <laughs> and, and I think it's also a really good um exercise in um for creative people for um being able to describe what you want. This is a hard, actually, it's, it's a skill I don't think a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, it's a neat, uh, feedback loop actually mm -hmm. to really, you see something in your mind and you have to translate that to words. 
Uh, and it's actually quite hard to do really well. And right. I think it's just, it's a simply, it's a, it's, it's probably the only way to exercise that ability. And frankly, um, to really describe what you want and go, that's not quite it. How else could I describe this in a way where I want, I get what I want. And it's a, it's a great bit of practice actually. And I think even if you don't use, I think using these mid journey, for example, is a great way to do it. But outside of that, um, being, if you're working with other people, mm-hmm. help helping them understand what you want to see or what you're hoping to see. These are good skills to develop. So I think that dovetails great into kind of what can be a final question here is, you know, yeah. the audience here is a big mix. We got, we got creative entrepreneurs, we got creatives, we have technologists, you know, we bring in people on that have been creating tools and software. Um, you've been around the block. You've been a, you've been, you're, you mentioned 1999 blogging. So that can just show everyone, <laughs> you know, how, how long you've been around. Yeah. Um, What's a, what's a kind of a, a recommendation for, for, for people in this space? Like if you were, if you were getting into it or you're in the middle of it, you know, either as an employee or starting your own thing, where's your focus at the next few years and honing, you know, honing your craft for what's ahead? So I think, um, so interesting. One of the other interesting things about chat GPT, and this is going to tie into this is that Chat GPT gets better the better uh, you are asking questions mm. and um, and and sort of getting to the point about what you want. Mm. This is true in, in mid-journey and chat GPT in a sense. Figuring out how to be concise and get to the point is a wonderful skill to develop. Now it's maybe not what you were expecting me to say, perhaps, but I think I think that these are these overlooked skills. Creatives, you know, they want to improve their their skills on specific tools and specific styles and all these things. And these are important things in their skills with their hands, whatever it might be. But, but your mind is a huge part of this and getting good at describing things, getting good at asking questions, getting good at seeing things from different angles, um, getting good at, at, um, at taking something that you weren't expecting and doing something with it. These are the kind of skills I think that are directly transferable to anything down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like, I I think schools, for example, should be teaching problem solving more than they should be teaching. I mean, they have to teach subjects to some degree, but, but how do you solve a problem? How do you, you see something and how do you do something with that thing that you get back? Yeah. That's the stuff that I would be practicing. I'd be practicing on that quite a bit. Every philosophy department chairhead right now is like, yes, great answer. (laughs) That is, that's what it is. Finally, philosophy is interesting again for a lot of people. But you're right. Like, and, and I think, and I think about the core, the core thing of a business is to solve a problem in a way that the value that the client receives is greater than the value they give you. And, and how do you solve problems with these tools? You have to know how to ask the questions. You have to know how to engage them. And, um, and that's time consuming. And that to me is also one of the missing points that I've, I've been harping on is like, look, it doesn't matter if it's mid journey or mind reading or whatever, it's time consuming to do this and get an output. So if you can help shorten that time for folks, you're going to be valuable no matter what the tools are, no matter what the sets of people that, you know, what people are using. And the other thing I would say that's good to get good at is respecting other people's um, jobs and what they do, even if you don't do those things. So I, I see, you know, this has been a, a long running thing in the creative industry, which is like uh, creatives kind of shitting on business, the business people or, or the business, they're thinking the business people shit on the creative. Like we can't think this about each other. Like mm-hmm. we need to work together. And I think figuring out a way to, to make sure that 
you don't think that it's your job is the only important job and what you do is the only important thing. And you got to get over that. Right. If you get over that uh, and you learn to work with other people, you're going to get much further in your career than just being the best creative you can be. You've got to be a really good teammate. Yeah. That's a really important thing to work on. <laughs> and spoiler alert, like the amount of creative needed in the economy and in business is just growing exponentially. So you know, plenty of opportunity there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, Jason, yeah. thanks so much for taking time. What's the best where, you know, are you on uh, threads now? Like where can people, where do you want people to go check out what you're doing? I've, I've been checking out threads. I mean, I'm primarily on like right now on Twitter, LinkedIn, I've got a news email newsletter. Maybe you have show notes and I can give yeah, you those we'll links. Get it all in there. We also have a podcast called rework the rework podcast and we've written a bunch of books. So I'll send you all a couple of things and you can pop that in there. But uh, people can also just email me directly. My email address is public, just Jason at Hey, H E Y.com. And happy to, to uh, talk. To just don't ask you to commit to anything beyond tomorrow. T tomorrow is the limit. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, uh, yeah. appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Take care. It's great, Ross. Thank you. And good luck getting uh, your domain name, by the way. <laughs> To stay up to date on all our future episodes, access show notes, as well as see our past great interviews, head over to our site, designpickle.com slash create tech. That's slash C-R-E-A-T-E-C-H. We'll see you next time. Take care.